I just finished recording this episode. It is about the book Arnold, The Education of a Bodybuilder. I had five quotes about different things in the book. It got a little rambly. And sometimes I don't know if I'm trying to talk about making things online or just trying to summarize the book and still working through that. This is one of those results, like one of Arnold Schwarzenegger's second place finishes in the Mr. Universe contest, where it's worth posting because it's good practice for the future. And I think there's still some good lessons uh, from this book that are shared here in these different quotes. Turning the microphone on, maybe similar to how Arnold Schwarzenegger would stare at the barbell, think it through, visualize the weight before lifting it. Because he says that if you can visualize yourself lifting it, then you'll be able to lift it. I would say the opposite is more true. He, he does say the opposite is true as well. If you vi- visualize yourself failing the lift, you're going to miss that lift more than likely. Anyway, the book that I'm reading this week is not Musashi. I still am working on finishing the last couple hundred pages of Musashi. I got a little uh, distracted in a good way. I was reading David Perel's newsletter. I think Friday Finds. He does two a week, but he mentioned that he got back into lifting weights and that part of that was because he read this book, Arnold, The Education of a Bodybuilder. Picked it up after that recommendation and have been reading it. He, he mentioned also that David Perel mentioned he, he read it in a week, something like that. And I can see why. It's, it's a fun read. So I picked it up. I've been reading it. I'm about two-thirds through. It's split into two halves. The first is kind of like, or it, it, it's an autobiography of winning a few of his first Mr. Universe events and Olympia events, and get, just talking about his life, getting into bodybuilding. And then the second half is going into more of the weightlifting programs. He starts with a bodyweight program, and then it's going to go into, I think, like barbell training and uh, different tra- training. And then I think there might be some of that as if I want to progress into a bodybuilding career, I think that might be in some of the later sections. The thing I enjoyed about this book, and I just found out, so I was double checking the publishing date. I I checked it initially when I read it, started reading it. I thought it was 1993. I thought that was, I saw that that was like a previous publishing date. And I checked again and the publishing date is actually 1978 for the original one. So probably what was written in, like, most of what I read, I'm guessing, was in that. I don't know exactly. It, it definitely didn't say, like, second edition, third edition, fourth edition, or anything like that. So I think most of this was written from it, in 1978, or, like, years leading up to 1978. Because I, I wondered why he wasn't mentioned. At first, I thought, oh, he's, he's just not writing about, like, his movie career at all. But at this point, he didn't have a very, very successful movie career. Terminator hadn't happened. I was reading this thinking that the internet hadn't happened or like the internet wasn't even really popular at that point, but it just roughly didn't exist at all. So yeah, I I probably got that wrong and maybe there was like some government version of the internet in 1978. But yeah, just that context is really interesting reading the book and I'm going to share some quotes, but yeah, just generally, I would say like the three takeaways were number one he mentions this over and over and over is that 
he just had a vision for different for success. And number two is that he talks about how important the mental game is for bodybuilding, which is the results are almost strictly physical that you get judged on. They're they're judging your body and your movement and things that they see and there's definitely like the mental part of that that is exuded through confidence and yeah he so he just talks about how important that is and then the third takeaway i i would say is and this is where like the publishing date comes to mind or is more important is just that a lot of the science in here is probably debunked not not a lot. I, I don't know exactly what is and what isn't, but there's there's some bro science here that I would say things like going tan, like spending time in the sun to burn off the fat directly underneath your skin. Maybe that has some truth to it, but I would guess probably not. I need, I need to double check. And then there are some things about high repetitions and like number of reps, number of sets that stand the test of time really and i think go it's there was this is my my journey through bodybuilding or like through weightlifting shout out to jerry friend of the pod he got me into lifting weights and was one of the original training partners i would that that's another thing in here that's important and i think i have a quote in here about it but just having a training partner and arnold talks about finding his different training partners. But yeah, when I started lifting weights and I'm not, I have not had a very successful weightlifting journey, I would say, as far as like packing on muscle and cutting successfully and that sort of thing. I would say that it has definitely, I, I say it hasn't been successful, but I do wonder if I did, if I didn't do it at all, didn't get interested in like lifting weights or fitness and that kind of thing and eating, I think I would be much less healthy uh, today, and I think this will pay off in in the long run. Just uh, this general interest in health and fitness, and now I'm transitioning more into the the older de- the the older demographic where it's like, okay, you need to sh- stretch a lot more. You, you better warm up. I've definitely hit that. I need to warm up and prioritize warming up, or I'm going to pull something terribly. I should probably get into the quotes. I, I can I can feel myself rambling. So here we go. The first one. I have five of them here. This first one, have a vision for the future. It can be as specific as a person. And in it, in this quote, he says, from then on in my mid-teens, I kept my batteries charged with the adventure movies of Steve Reeves, Mark Forrest, Brad Harris, Gordon Mitchell, and Reg Park. I admired Reg Park more than the others. He was rugged, everything I thought a man should be. I recall seeing him for the first time on the screen, the film was Hercules and the Vampires, a picture in which the hero had to rid the earth of an invasion of thousands of bloodthirsty vampires. Reg Park looked so magnificent in the role of Hercules, I was transfixed. That's the end of the quote. And this is kind of getting back to my point about, I, I was talking about like the different waves of information. So when I got into weightlifting, say like high school, college, a lot of men's health, a lot of men's fitness, and always on the covers, similar to Reg Park looking great in these movies, men's health, men's fitness, those sorts of magazines always had some kind of celebrity, an athlete, movie star, TV star. And eventually you find out like, oh, they're like, yes, they're working out super hard, but they don't look like that every day. Like you, you prep for a photo shoot, 
that sort of thing. And the really interesting thing is just the information that is in here. Arnold talks about big compound movements and then, and the, the, he doesn't say you can do this very fast. I think that's an interesting contrast. So he just talks about how long it takes to add muscle. He, he talks about being ecstatic about adding, I think, five pounds of muscle in three months. And this is the, the greatest bodybuilder maybe of all time compared to some of the promises that you would see on magazine covers, uh, for example, at the time. And then I think with more information available on the internet, it, things did steer back more towards got to do these compound movements. These things take a long time. But there was definitely, I think, where a lot of information was just coming from magazines and a lot of the magazines are promising things that you want to see that promise at the grocery store. If you're like walking around Walmart, walking around Albertsons, looking for a magazine, it's those quick promises on the covers of magazines that will capture your interest. And it's not going to capture interest in things that Arnold is talking about in this book. Like, hey, it's gonna, <laughs> this is going to be something you need to strive for for the rest of your life have this vision. Yes, one of these celebrities can be someone to follow. Something, uh, this can be a aesthetic to strive for, but it's going to take a long, long time to reach that with a positive mentality and very, very hard training day in and day out. So yeah, just having that vision, it doesn't have to just be bodybuilding. I think that's another important thing is I've been thinking about role models as far as like professional role models and have been thinking about like five years from now, what do I want to do? And I think it is important. Something something I've heard is look, really consider the, this is something I've heard recently is really consider the day to day. What does a great normal day look like? And how can you shape your career, your life in that way? Where yes, we see a lot of, it's been said many times like social media and desire. People are showing all their vacations, highlight reels, that sort of thing. And it can seem like everyone's on vacation all the time. But really, yeah, like looking at people that you want to be like as far as the day-to-day, what that looks like. Do they have freedom in their day? Do, is that, what kind of freedom do you want in your day? Do you want to work with other people? Do you want to work with a lot of other people? Do you want to have reports? And it, it it's not, it is definitely not a one-size, one definition of success. There's not one definition of success. That's another thing, I guess, like an analogy or like a connection to this book is that he he talks about the different body types and that not everyone is going to be able to become a successful bodybuilder, but it's still worth lifting weights for health, working out for health, and just like the the mental benefit of building up that discipline through weightlifting. So yeah, back to like the, this is supposed to be about like role models and And kind of the conclusion I've come to is that I really admire podcasters as far as their day-to-day goes. And usually it's podcasters that came from some other profession. Tim Ferriss, Phil Simmons, Joe Rogan, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Dave Chang, Pat Flynn, both Pat Flynn's. They just seem to really enjoy podcasting, that it is one of the less stressful parts of their day-to-day. And for many of them, it be, it's the main part of their career. So I guess the core of that too is that they're also 
people who interview other people. So the, the job does kind of become being able to talk to interesting people and to explore their curiosity in that way. So maybe that's like a five-year sort of thing, like a long-term goal in the future. But having those kinds of things in mind versus trying to become a billionaire, like I know that's not in the cards for me. And it does seem stressful as well. Even like hundred million or like even, yeah, just to say like running business with many people. That's not something I currently have in mind as far as things I visualize for the future. I should get to the next quote. Here we go. I titled this, The Treadmill Continues. He says, bodybuilders were becoming better and better. I'd seen the sport improve by leaps and bounds in the few years since I'd begun training. In 1962, Joe A. Bender, the Mr. Universe winner of that year, had 18 and a half inch arms. The same with Tommy Sampson in 1963. But now the 19-inch arm wasn't even big enough to get you in the top five. I'd come in second with 20-inch arms. That's the end of the quote. So this, I guess, is also similar to like Moneyball, where they, Billy Bean and the analytics movement and baseball centering around on-base percentage as this one metric, this kind of odd metric that winning teams we're able to focus on this metric very direct measurement is how big your arms are and how that became this important thing but then also i'm guessing if i like i'll do it right now i'm just gonna look up let's say ronnie coleman's arms okay a uh, quick search says he had 22 inch arms on competition day so the number just keeps going up and that can be the thing with success is that you always have some, like you reach the top, you find out there's another top. And another thing this reminded me of is uh, there's this blogger. He, he does a lot of different things, like makes courses and that kind of thing. So his name is K. He. And he had a tweet the other day because he's like taking a break from uh, creating his and writing his newsletter. So he's taking like a uh, summer break pretty much from Independence Day to Labor Day. Then he posted that announcement and then replied to it as well and said something like, who knew I would be trading the corporate treadmill for the content treadmill. And this is something that I've also heard on My First Million with Sam Parr, the founder of The Hustle, which is one of the most successful business newsletters. And he just talks about how hard content can be. And he's been successful at it, but because of that, he has this firsthand experience of just knowing how hard it can be to create content regularly, consistency, not for weeks and for months, but year after year. If, if you think that your, say, like newsletter business is going to be the thing you do for the rest of your life, like, or for the rest of your career, then that's a long time. That can be a long time. And that is something amazing about what Ben Thompson did with Stratechery and does is that he's just able to churn out quality content week in, week out, day in, day out. On the other hand, back to this measurement thing, it, it, it is important to also like take a look at the things that you want to achieve and figure out the right ways to measure them and the ways that you measure success. That if you, if I say like Arnold only focused on arm size and you thought, I'm just going to 
get as big as possible, make my arms as big as possible. That's clearly like not the only metric that matters, even like without knowing anything about bodybuilding. Like the best bodybuilders, the champion bodybuilders are not the ones with just the biggest arms. And he talks about this how one of the big things in his career was that he was always big and he was always good at adding weight. And that was kind of what he learned to do in Europe, but that he had to change locations and go to the United States to learn how to chisel it. And that's kind of the analogy that he has is always adding muscle. Like it's that idea of like your body is this stone block and then you, you chisel it down to the form that you want, but you have to like, you, you can grow that stone block first. And the thing is, he always says like, uh, it was not like I was fat, but he's like, yeah, I wasn't, as ripped as I wanted to be. And then there's many pictures in this book and he looks great. It's all his like, uh, this is when I got second place and he looks, it's tip top shape. That said, I guess there is like the vascular, he's, his veins aren't popping out and that sort of thing. So I, I would definitely never question Arnold Schwarzenegger's assessment of his own body. And I guess that would be another lesson. I don't have like a specific quote for this, but just the importance also of, and it's kind of a weird thing now too with, remote work being so popular or like so widespread with the pandemic and definitely like debates about how productivity is affected by that and choosing where to live. But there's definitely something to be said about moving to a place where like, if if you want to, previously it was like, well, okay, if you want to write movies, you need to move to LA. If you want to start a startup, then go to the Bay area. And that's becoming less and less true with time, but there's probably like still some truth to going to a a different place for different things. And yeah, in Arnold's case in the seventies, late sixties, or it was to get to the United States and then learn from them. That's where the best people were. And then specifically muscle beach gold's gym in California, just being surrounded by, that much knowledge and that much motivation of other people doing the same thing with the same interests, that can be a big thing too. So I've done some online courses about like writing, making content online. And yeah, there's definitely something to be said about finding other people that do the same thing. For one, just to realize like there's other people with this interest, it can be comforting, it can be motivating, and then it can also be like a a great place to learn. So find you, (laughs) that's my lesson, find your gold's gym of whatever it is that you're doing. Quote number three, I called this seeing it dud. And the quote, he says, if a man stands there and thinks for one second, one tenth of a second, maybe I can't lift it. It's gone. He will not make a lift. Proof of my point is that for years, weightlifters could not lift more than 500 pounds. Nobody could. They did 499 and a half, but never 500. The reason was this supposedly insurmountable mental barrier that had existed for years. They stood in front of the weight thinking, no one has ever lifted 500 pounds. Why should I be the one? Then, in 1970, Alexiev of Russia lifted 500 pounds. He broke the barrier. A month after that, three or four guys lifted 500 pounds. Why? They believed it was possible. That's the end of the quote. And then he just gives more and more examples of other people that did this. Then breaking like 550 and on and on and on. Body didn't change, the mind changed though for all these people. If you read enough nonfiction books, self-development books, 
you've heard the story before. It's the four minute mile story that nobody could break this thing. Then Roger Bannister did. And then a bunch of these other people did after that. And I think it's been like somewhat debunked that, but yeah, something about like, Oh, it was going to happen anyway, even though he didn't. And I don't care. I think that's, it's still like a very powerful story. And I would say like, that's another thing that is pretty interesting just in general about this book is that he's taking all this information just from other people. And this is the whole like bro science thing. Like you just talk to other people at the gym, they tell you what to do. And if you actually follow it and do those things, then you'll get some kind of results. It might not be like the most optimum thing. There's definitely downsides. If you end up like, if they say like, Hey, just, you've never worked out. Here's this flex 50 set a day sort of like routine. And you do that and you overtrain right away. That's not the best thing. But there's a lot of truth in some of these things. And then just the power of story that knowing someone else can do it, that helps. And the power of story of this book is that it's definitely motivated me to think about, like, I guess motivating me to think about lifting isn't the same as motivating me to actually lift. But I will lift some weights today. And it's definitely making me think about how hard I lift and that I should increase it. He does warn about some overtraining, but also encourages kind of not, he doesn't encourage overtraining, but he talks about how awesome it was during like this special stretch where early on he, he makes this sound similar to the whole thing on like with the Bill Gates show on Netflix where he packs up suitcases of, or his assistants pack up like suitcases of books so that he can take it with him to some cabin on the lake and he just reads books for a week and thinks sounds awesome arnold did that with weights there's a part where he just talks about shocking the muscles he says he would go with the training partner drive out to the country they would carry 250 pounds out into the forest and then he gives an example workout we would squat for three hours straight doing things like 55 sets of squats then he just talks about we could barely crawl then after that They'd cook shish kebab, sit around the fire, and then swim out in nature. It says, we ate like animals and acted like animals. That's not quite a quote. It's good, pretty paraphrased. But yeah, he just talks about, he just makes it sound awesome to work out in this book. I guess that's the best way to put it. And I think that's sort of a takeaway from this book is to have powerful stories to motivate yourself to work out. This does remind me also of Simple and Sinister, where that's the book about the kettlebell routine by Pavel. In there, he, this is just like a book mentioning a book mentioning a book, but uh, he mentions anti-fragile and how there's the why and then also the how. So it's the thing of how to get strong is kind of the same throughout time. And you can compare it to like workouts recommended now and then workouts recommended in this that Arnold is recommending as far as the compound movements and that sort of thing that the how can kind of stay the same, but the why changes with science as science advances. So there's definitely like some of these things where the science is great, but it doesn't change the how. And in that sense, it doesn't really matter what the science is. And this isn't to say like, oh, science is useless, but in the case of, y y there's a certain amount that you need to know that where, where it's useful for 
someone doing like the application of it that they don't need to know like the different science behind how nutrients are broken down and then used during a workout specifically to understand that you need protein to grow muscle or that it's important to have protein to grow muscle. So I guess this is one of those things that as far as this book goes, it is great just to get motivated to work out. And then you can do your own research for a specific program to follow from there or start with this program. He does give like a great layout for body weight exercises. And as far as the overtraining goes, he talk, it does sound awesome to go in the forest with 250 pounds and then squat until you can't walk. But the first thing he recommends in the second half of the book is to do this body weight program to just build that foundation. And he says, do the body weight program for a few months before you touch weights. And then that said, I'm sure there's people that would disagree with that today and that there's, of course, like safe ways to start with barbells and just start light and work your way, do the progression from there, but start with barbells from the beginning. But I do like the idea, this idea of doing the bodyweight training to build that foundation and then go from there. Okay, this next quote, I think this is getting pretty long, so I'll try to go through these last two fairly quick. And this section I call influencer, and this quote, he says, my part of the agreement was to make available to Weeder information about how I trained. He agreed to provide an apartment, a car, and to pay me a weekly salary in exchange for my information and being able to use photographs of me in his magazine. And this is Joe Weeder. And this was just kind of how he got to America and was able to start training in America full time and really focus on it. It was by being an influencer, like that he was, it's, it's the same today as it was before that one of these paths to kind of have this lifestyle where you're sort of working for yourself or that there is a career path in your own knowledge and sharing that with other people, that people will pay for information. And then also, yeah, this idea of using photographs in a magazine and compared to today where there's a huge industry of fitness influencers. I would guess that's like the biggest, I guess maybe there's like travel or lifestyle influencers and that this is possible now for, not that this is what I want to do, but that it is interesting just to see that this is made possible for probably hundreds of thousands or millions of people around the world now that they can, they have, I, I would, let's see, I guess if I was estimating, say like hundreds of thousands of people around the world pay for their whole lives with providing information and then posting photographs of themselves as part of their different marketing funnels. And Arnold Schwarzenegger was one of the first fitness influencers. And he also laid a path for how to use that success in bodybuilding as a platform for future success. So he went from bodybuilding and then became the biggest movie star in, in the world and then became governor of California and continues to stay relevant today. It's Bill Burr has a great, I think it's Bill Burr that has like a, a great bit about this, just like how impossible Arnold Schwarzenegger's story is that, well, it's just different, pretty crazy goals. Like I want to have the best body in the world. And then I can't speak English, but I want to be the top movie star in the world. Th those two alone, the 
Arnold will say that wouldn't happen without having the vision of doing that. And next quote, I'm just going to move on to the next quote. This is about desire. I did an episode a couple weeks ago about mimetic desire from reading the book Wanting by Luke Burgess. And I did this uh, tweet thread about how our desires are all wrapped up in our clothes and whatever clothes you have on. If you're dressing for the part you want, that's a very obvious way of like your desires to have to wear a suit every day. And that used to be more common as like a signal of business success. Or if you want to, of course, there's like, oh, I've I've been working in my pajamas all day. And that is another signal of business success that you work for yourself and you don't have to show up anywhere and you're able to do things on your own time. And this quote is, if you start worrying about how your clothes look while you're in training, then you're training for the wrong reason. That's the end of the quote. I took a note of this just because I was thinking of that quote from Deion Sanders about look good, feel good, play good. But, and I was thinking, oh, these contrasts, these these things, like this is two people saying kind of the opposite and they've had a lot of success individually, which is true, but also that they're actually like not really saying the same thing. And I would guess that Deion Sanders also agrees with this, that training is different from game day, that probably don't care that much how you look when you're training. The importance is how you look during game day. And it's probably the same thing with Arnold that how he looks on competition day is really the ultimate in like, look good, feel good, play good, that he wins the competition based on how he looks during the competition. And he doesn't worry about clothes outside of that. He talks about not quite comfort, but just making sure that you're not restricted by your clothes. Your movement isn't restricted by your clothes. So that's another takeaway from this book, dress for movement. I guess that's like not the best takeaway from from this. And I don't really have like a, I guess I do have like one way to relate this to making things online, creating content online. And it's that it's worth experimenting with different mediums, different platforms, just making different things to find out what you're comfortable with, what you enjoy most about it. And actually, I'll I'll relate this to something else that Arnold Schwarzenegger talks about near the beginning of the book when he's just talking about getting into bodybuilding. He got into a lot of different other things before that growing up that he tried team sports, had success success. He's just kind of, I mean, yeah, he's been kind of successful in everything he does. So had some success with like team sports, different individual sports, powerlifting, dabbled with Olympic, or I say dabbled with Olympic lifting, but he says he was able to win some Olympic lifting competitions, was able to win some powerlifting competitions, but it was bodybuilding. That was really what he loved doing. And he understands that not everyone's going to love bodybuilding, especially like if you have these different body types that don't really have a chance of success in bodybuilding. He, he does talk about like ectomorphs and mesomorphs and that sort of thing and how certain body types will not win a bodybuilding competition. And in the same way, there's different, there's optimized body types for powerlifting, Olympic lifting. And yeah, back to the whole like creating things online thing that some people enjoy making videos. Some people enjoy podcasting, writing, And the only way you can find that out is by trying to do these different things. 
find out what your workout clothes are that fit you comfortably and then continue to do that. And I guess like I, I'm, I'm rambling now, but I think this is worth mentioning. I, I did say like I mentioned earlier, oh, if you're going to do newsletters and you think you'll do that for the rest of your life, it's going to be hard. That could be true. But then also like there's flexibility. And I think that's another takeaway from this is that this captured a very specific, this book captured a very specific point in Arnold's life where he's had his bodybuilding success and he talks about that and he has this whole full life ahead of him he doesn't even have his main like success in movies yet he doesn't have the time in government and there's something like if this was in 1978 I can do this math in my head so that's 30 years for 53 years ago that he was writing this book. There's so he's lived so much life after that. Quick update: I redid the math, and it's 43 years. Still great. Still a full like. That's a full career. He's he had kind of that path of like 20 years. You can fit in a full career, and he's had multiple careers. That's really like the inspiring thing is that he set his mind to all these different f- goals in different fields and achieved them. And go read this book. It's a it's a pretty easy read if you want to just see the mentality of one of the greatest bodybuilders of all time. Check out Arnold, The Education of a Bodybuilder.